Amidst the incongruent and discordant sounds of rattling bottles and shuffling spindly legs of a centipede-like creature, the soft whimpers of one man and the impatient grunts of another, stands a beautiful, queenly woman in a vibrant turquoise gown. Ornamented from crown to cuff to clog, she runs a hand along an impressive relief carved into the wall. With extraordinary detail, it stretches the length and height of the surface, as if a stone mirror of the woman herself, meticulously sculpted and pristinely painted to represent majesty, dignity, beauty, and sovereignty. A lifelike copy surrounded by a grand metropolis, its populace down on bended knee, begging and worshipping. Dressed in flowing robes with a ledger and quill in hand, the impatient man takes a delicate step forward. Mistress, if I may raise some concerns. The woman pulls her hand away sharply and raises it to cut him off. She turns to the opposite wall and strides towards it without so much as a glance at him. With equal quality and size is another relief. This one, however, of something very different. Humanoid in shape, vaguely feminine and oddly fluid in form. A yellow four-pointed star spreads across the would-be face as a mane of hair floats around the head. The starkest feature, however, are the long tendrils that extend from seven-fingered hands, wrapping themselves around the neck of a daemon, strangling it into non-existence. Surrounding this unnerving act are souls and predators alike, lurking along an eternal river, all cowering in fear at the apex power of Nimbaloth. The woman tears her eyes away from the horrifying magnificence of the piece. She turns to the whimpering man, pinned to the floor by a many-legged creature, which slowly wriggles in anticipation. Please, mistress, uh, uh, if I caused offense, uh, uh, I assure you, uh, I meant none. Offense? No. No offense. You have simply done as you were asked. The uncaring, destructive power of the empty death is everything it should be. You cannot offend that which cares nothing for you. Or anyone. Or anything. The woman offers a cruel smile. Thank, thank you, mistress. Your task is finished. And it is beautiful. However, you do wish to serve me further. Do you not? With a look of worried confusion, the artist reluctantly nods his head. Uh, yes, yes, of, of course, of course, your majesty. The woman gestures to the many-legged creature standing over the man. You know, this servant of mine is something of an artist as well. Though they carve and paint with a very different canvas and palette, I think perhaps it would do that your expertise is lent to theirs. Please, my queen, I can do more. 
I can do better. For you I will carve my greatest masterpiece, my magnum. I think not. Those who serve me serve in the ways that I choose. She raises her hand at the many-legged creature and gives a curt nod. Without hesitation, it drags the man away as he tries to beg further, but his words are lost amid his own screams of terror and wailing cries. The woman turns to the robed man, now standing in renewed patience at the sight and sound of the scene before him. Now, what is it you wish to spoil the mood with? The man steps forward, all confidence and suppressed fear fighting back a sidelong glance in the direction of the echoing screams. That creature, my queen, I'm not sure about it. And the space you've given it for its experiments. I had important plans for that floor and its layout. Your plans, my dear administrator, are my plans. And my plans dictate that you will find space for much more than a room of experimentation. Because what comes next will require a prison of a rather extraordinary design. The man's blank, stoic expression is betrayed only by the sweat on his brow and an irresistible need to swallow the lump in his throat. As you wish. And the screams grow further away, yet never quite silenced. frenzied form, the tide of battle turned sharply, and the heroes were once again victorious, but at incredible cost. Kilino had been infected with his own greatest fear, the curse of the werewolf. Longsaddle severely wounded, but would survive to see another day. Magiloy, however, was dead on arrival. Rin appeared suddenly from her best form to survey the scene with great sorrow. However, she did discover that upon Magiloy's person was a gift of foresight, Wolf's Bane. Weighing the options for Kalino's recovery, the heroes took the time to sleep on it. Gilda and Krukka bedded down at the fishery and after breakfast sought out Tulak and his caravan. However, 
he was nowhere to be seen. With new power that had sprung within his very blood, Tulak sought out the suffering Gilino, and with great effort lifted the curse upon him. Regrouping, the heroes headed to Menhima's manor to discuss the outcome of the full moon events and what they learned of Doriana. On the way, Tulak noticed that the flawless ruby they had stripped from the stuffed griffin was no longer in his possession, and when they revealed what they had learned to Osif, his exhaustion and panic got the better of him, and he ripped the toy apart, finding the ruby mysteriously replaced within. Yo, yo, yo! What's happening, listeners? What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to Stemming the Tide. You know, guys, I'm a big movie buff. I put the buff in movie buff. And I was thinking, if they be- it's an audio medium. They have no way to verify that. <laughs> I'm flexing right now. Oh, um, oh, put those away. <laughs> anyways, I look to some people like a specific actor, especially when I have a mullet to the point where it got super fucking annoying when I was bartending because every single time they'd sit at my bar, they'd be like, hey, you know who you look like? And I'd be like, yep. And um, so it got me thinking, if you guys had a movie about yourself, who would play you? Like now, like th- this point in my life? Sure. Or if you want to go when you were five, um, Macaulay Culkin's available, you know. Just- <laughs> well, I I had a I had a pretty I had a pretty solid like teen and early twenty years where where I where I, where I was a wild kid. Now uh, I think the best person to play me would would be Nick Offerman, second to John Travolta. Now, like like John Travolta now now not like old John Travolta. Wait, what do you mean now? Now, so uh, have you seen John Travolta recently? <laughs> yeah, a lot of work. Melting yeah. wax, John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's like he's kind of jacked. He's bald. He's rocking like a like a large beard these days. Like from Paris with Love, John Travolta. Like I think he could do a good me now. But my first choice, I think, would be Nick Offerman. Um, young me, I would probably do. Um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Huey from the Boys. Uh, Jack. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Jack, Jack Quaid, Quaid. I think could do a really, really good young me, like like an absolute hellion, um, but like really <laughs> awkward about it. <laughs> nice. He's really good in the boys. I haven't watched all the boys, but he's great. He's so good. So I th- good. Yeah, like his character on the boys mixed with um his character on lower decks would be like a perfect younger version of me just mm. a brown nosing fucking nerd who will fight anybody <laughs> what about dunk that's a good question um i was thinking like dj qualls or the guy that plays skinny pete on breaking bad you know Anybody that's got the physique of a Victorian-era child with a wasting disease kind of thing? <laughs> oh, the old Timothy Chalamet disease. <laughs> yeah, but, but without the attractiveness. <laughs> I 
Oh. Self burn. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Baruchel for Dunk. Just looks oh, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Jay Baruchel. Okay. okay. And he's, he's, yeah. he's got a nice, got nice a Canadian boy. East yeah. Coast guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's from Ottawa. Okay. So Jay Baruchel it is. So he not wins. the coach, Scott. Oh, right. damn it. I Well, because of the movie, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, Goon? You thought wrong. No. <laughs> All right, Freeman. You're up now. I've been mistaken multiple times here in Vancouver for Seth Rogen. Oh. Yep. Oh, you're not that annoying. That's way. <laughs> He's a local treasure. I won't stand for that. No, treasure is not a word anyone can use to describe that fucking Muppet. What? I didn't take transit for a full what? year because he was the voice of our He's public transit He's a fucking system. beauty, man. No, disagree. Oh, great movies, philanthropist. Yeah, just seems like an all-around cool dude. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's just bad at movies. Great weed. <laughs> hey, in a world where Adam Sandler exists, I will take Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah, so I, I've just been mistaken for him uh, a lot. When I was when I had glasses, I actually was mistaken for Jermaine Clement a few times. I could see that. I could um, see that. I would have went with John Candy. You got big John Candy energy. <laughs> <laughs> Not like looks, uh, but like personality and energy. Yeah, I could see it. John Candy's great. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Uh, when I was younger, though, I would, I would, and this is, this is a, this is a, maybe a, a very bold self plug, but younger me, I think might have been a Sam Rockwell phase. Oh, really? Yeah. That is bold. Sam Rockwell is a fucking chameleon. I don't even know what to make of that guy. I was kind of erratic. <laughs> In my in my early to mid twenties, uh, and not really sure where I was at, and I've seen a few films that he's done. I was like, wow, I feel like he could he could pull off whatever I went through, <laughs> you know. Gotcha. <laughs> it's less about me and more about how diverse he is, and and he kind of had the the same like physique as me for a, a while there. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, I, he would definitely be one of my choices <laughs> for sure. As I say this begs the question. What 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 is it that you know you are you look like Scott that, that all of your when I have a mullet is definitely Danny McBride. Oh yep. yeah, yep. yeah. I get it 100%. shouted at me in the streets. That's amazing. It's yeah, and it like to the point where I it was part of the reason I cut my mullet because I was just so sick of hearing it every day. <laughs> I like how that's the reason you cut your mullet. It was part of it. <laughs> I think Maddie Matheson could also play you in a movie. Yeah. yeah. I have his cookbook right around the corner there. Oh, I should have both of them. But in one of them where he's like sitting at the table in a in this like white collared shirt, it looks very similar to me when I have short hair. And then my final one is now and I don't really see this. But when I was a little thinner, people said Nathan Fillion, but I don't really see it. Oh, no, okay. I don't really see it either. Maybe without the mustache, but yeah. I don't know. And also, I don't think he could play my personality. He doesn't have the range. Just kidding. I love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> hey, you mean Canada's actual treasure. <laughs> okay, I was thinking Nathan Fielder and not Nathan Fillion for a second there. Nathan Fielder would have been great. And I had one more for Duncan. Um did you guys ever watch The Wire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about the guy who plays uh, Ziggy? Ziggy Sabaka? Oh, yeah, I could see that. I actually watched that recently in uh, season two. 
Yeah, I could see that. Oh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm looking it up now. James Ransom. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I'm saying, like, like I was saying with Skinny Pete, you just a drug-addled <laughs> kind of <weird> guy. <laughs> I, I didn't know you when you were younger, Freeman, but I was thinking like Julian Dennison. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with with him or his work. No, but he's like this little little New Zealand kid. Um, he's probably most famous for Deadpool too. He was he was the little he was the kid in Deadpool. Oh yeah, like, Fist. Oh, okay. And uh, where the uh, hunt for the wilder people? Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got great range, and he's really really funny when he's allowed to be. <laughs> he's also no in a um. He's also in a uh, like what do they call those things that are, they're commercials on TV, but they like tell you not to do drugs. PSA. Public service announcements. PSA. He's in one of those from New Zealand about smoking weed, and it's fucking hilarious. And it's like, oh, I've seen that one. Famous. I've seen that one. Yeah, <laughs> check that they out, have folks. Some great PSAs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of playing characters, let's do it. <laughs> Nicely done. Really, really yeah, smooth. Not bad. Mm. Oh my god, that was awful. <laughs> Speaking of people who play roles, let's role play. Hey. <laughs> Technically, it counts as a pun. <laughs> the, you know, the secret to humor lies in technicalities like that. <laughs> and uh, shout out to all the listeners that say they don't like our intros because we go on for too long. You're welcome. <laughs> We just hit our mandated 10 minutes uh, now. <laughs> well, let's see here. So you are at the Menhemus Manor. After the most recent event of tearing apart his daughter's stuffed toy and finding this ruby. You know, the thing every good father does. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> pretty stressed out. Uh, it's not a good thing, but uh, yeah. He basically... Dory, no, no given the, the doll back you know someone's now repairing it um she's calmed down to a degree and osif is just beside himself and he's kind of pulled you all aside and um you've been sitting in silence for just a little bit and just mulling over the details and osif just periodically shakes his head and then at some point lifts it and just says I flew off the handle a bit there but this is my family my daughter I cannot let her go down there with you you understand that right not really um first of all we we do need her to lead us there otherwise she's just going to keep sneaking out on her own She's old enough that she knows her way out of the house, as is clear from last night. And uh, getting her trust could be formative at this point. And if we can get her to take us there, we can at least vet this character. Or probably more likely with somebody called the Motley Man. Um, take it down. Because I don't imagine this being a good thing good for her based on what Tulux told us of Ling. So we're at a bit of an impasse here uh, Mr. Mayor. Either she takes us down there and we protect her. And might I remind you we did just protect the majority of the city at one time. Um, so one one small girl will be difficult but I can't imagine it'll be 
like fending off the city from a wolf attack difficult. And he kind of just blinks at your response, just like, can't believe you've not understood. Tulak would interject at this point and say, May I remind you, Mayor, she may not be going down to the gauntlet. Although I believe the power may be coming from there, she said she's met him before. And we've never seen her down there. Perhaps they have a different meeting place. You said that she's dreamt of him, or that these this 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 motley man is of a dimension of dreams. Do you not hear what she said? He's never been here. She might meet him every day, but he's never been here. She's had some sort of imaginary friend that I thought was a bit beyond her age. It's odd. I don't think he comes here. I think he visits her in her dreams. And I find it a bit startling that you think that she can't be prevented from going. She's a 15-year-old girl. She's unbelievably vulnerable to what is happening out there. I do not trust, as much as I trust you on the safety of this town, I do not trust you to bring her to the Fog family and keep her alive just to find a threat. She, she can a, be watched over here. Thank you. She will she not be going. She had a ritual on her arm last night. If I can trust you to get this done, I have to trust you to get it done without her at your side. There is no choice as far as I'm concerned. She stays here. Tulak would like to inspect her wrist again during the day. Sure. And like taking a look at it, you can see like she's been scratching at it and her hand is like a little bit like withered looking um, on that arm. Um, and yeah, she's just like, it's a little bit more scuffed up, but it, essentially the all of the runes and the script is the same. Tulak takes a knee beside her and says, It seems we're leaving you here, poor girl. You may not be able to meet the motley man, but if there's any more information you can tell us, what he looks like, how he acts, tell us now. Where you meet him? And tell us where you meet him. I told you. I told you last night. We go on adventures. I meet him and we go to fantastical lands, forests, palaces, snowfields. But you are out of the house. Where do you meet him? Was he with you when you found us last night? No. Although I always feel him there. We go on adventures when I sleep. I dream. He's my best friend. He gives me gifts. Tulak is getting a little frustrated. But where were you going last night? How did you know where to meet him? And have you met him there before? No, I've never met him there. I don't know. I don't know. I was just following. Tell me what he looks like. I don't know. 
but you go on adventures with him. You must know what he looks like. I don't know. Daddy. Papa. Tulak kind of shakes his head and realizes that he's pressing this girl pretty hard and he's and oh, yeah, oh, oh, so just like interjects. He just walks through over. He just looks at you like he is at a really difficult spot here. Like he has to trust you and you've done a lot, but like you're stepping in a line uh, with with his daughter and and that's how he feels. And not even just with this too, like with like Lady Gilda like, yeah, she could totally come with us. He's like, you're fucking nuts. Like who, like you've done all this stuff, but what the hell are you talking about? Like you are off your rocker if you think this is a thing and like he's stressed and worried and just doesn't see he's at the most ridiculous in his own impasse of what to do have we ascertained everything we can from this ruby uh the yeah as in could Kreka be examining it while they're playing this through sure while we're uh, roughing up this we team we will need for that uh we're gonna need an occultism check Oh, he's bad at that. <laughs> I made a roll, and it sucked, so I'm going to use a hero point. Jeez, you're just full of hero points, aren't you? Son of a bitch. I rolled a <laughs> natural four and then a natural three. Mm. Nice. Son of a bitch. Just looks like a sweet old flawless ruby to you. Tulak takes it throws it out the window. <laughs> Yeah, Kreka got an 18 on that check. Oops. Fuck, I hate that, man. It's so annoying. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Before we head out, Gilda will will like plead with Menhimez to at least have Rin or Morlebint come and try and ward them against dreamwalking. Um Yeah, and he, he appreciates that approach much better. Um and definitely will do what he can to like, you know, see what see what they know and yeah. what they can offer. Yeah, and you know she'll apologize for stepping out of line as well. Like she she understands the danger, but she also understands how precious his daughter is to him. Yeah, I mean he's kind of like you know yeah she's a danger, but your solution is to put her in even worse danger to solve the danger she's in. Like but to him, it's just like doesn't right, you know. Yeah, and, and Gilda understands that now she understands that's where he's coming from, but, you know, that's not how Sir August would have dealt with this. Yeah. You know, he would have yeah. marched, made her march out there and do this head on. Yeah. And it would have been faster. And, you know, that's that's what Gilda was, was hoping for, was a fast re- resolution to this, because they've got shit to do. They can't be looking for her imaginary friend. They've got to go hunt down this flesh-warping doctor. I mean, you have this. I mean, you basically have to like, like, and like many things. I guess in this adventure, you have a, you have, a, you have sort of a, you have to trust in the fact now that we, you know, she's. We now know she's going to wander off, and he's saying we can keep a watch on her. So you just have to trust that's the case. You know. All right. And she doesn't. She's been a teenage girl. Yep. <laughs> totally. Well, let's go. Yeah. Literally kill the dreams of a child. Right. <laughs> nice. Um, do you bring the ruby with you, or do you leave it behind? Yes, bring the ruby. Put it somewhere no one will ever find it. 
<laughs> Eat the ruby, Duffy. I don't want to. Oh, oh no. Now it's hot like a tamale. You need your minerals, Duffy. Ah. <laughs> your minerals. <laughs> is, is this Himalayan pink salt? <laughs> I don't know. Identify it, Duffy. <laughs> uh, I only do that with bugs. <laughs> is that true? I thought he gave us help on everything he ingested. Well, he he can give you a help on identifying. He can tell you which is the lower DC if there is one for identifying checks. And then he can oh, give okay. you a bonus to research checks on books. All right, enough of Duffy, that cute bastard. Let's go. <laughs> I feel bad about that. I think I have the curse of the werewolf. Oh, I got a poison for that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, did anybody get hit by Jaw last night? Like, other than Kilino? No one got no. hit with the Jaws attack. That was the important okay. one. Yeah. You would know if you had to roll a fortitude save, but no one did. <laughs> you, you got really lucky. All right. Yeah, okay. They were all claws. Yeah. Uh, do we want to head back to the gauntlet or do we want to stop by Rins and see what's up with her? Maybe she can she can read some stars and give us a, an, an assistance at some point. It's been a while since we've touched base with her. Yeah. Um, we'd have to wait for a night. But we are on a deadline. Yeah. I say we go. Plus, I'm pretty anxious to hit something with my brand new level up. So, <laughs> so you're going to go to right. Rin or no? Next no, time. no, we're going to go back oh. to the gauntlet. Okay. On your way, uh, just before you leave town, uh, you are stopped by Gerald, um, who is heading up towards the uh, Minhemus Banner to meet you. And he's just like, oh, hello, sirs. Um, <clears throat> um, so I, uh, we had some stuff here uh, uh, left over uh, from, from the battle, and I thought maybe you could put it to use, or or I could give you, give you money in exchange or, or some such, but uh, Jal... Joel had these uh, these on him here, and they, they seem like they're pretty good. And he has two Katars that are plus one striking. Oh. I'm good. Um, but we should stop by Galantine on the way through. Maybe my shield and two locks closer here. They they should be pretty close if they're not. No, I got my timeline-wise, they had they wouldn't even okay. have arrived in Absalom yet. Your orders. Okay, got it. They'll arrive tomorrow. We put a rush on them, though, an overnight rush, didn't we? The rush makes it three days, I think. Oh, or no. Gosh. Let me just double check. Um, expedi- yeah, expedited to a, a delivery expedited to arrive in two days. So arriving in two days is exped- ex- expedited. Otherwise, it's a week. So, so it takes it... four days for something to come back. I still think it's been like four days, no? Nope. I've been actually okay. tracking the calendar. Three, this one. then. Right? You you guys did a, you guys sent it and then went into Gauntlet, spent the whole day in Gauntlet, and then came back out at like ten o'clock at night and spent the whole night fighting. It's been a lot of episodes on the same day. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, ooh, guitars are neat though, little punching daggers. Yep, and they have plus one striking runes on them, so you, you can always transfer those to different weapons if you want, which is uh, pretty valuable. He also says, uh, uh, so you probably noticed that. Um, Kilino, well, he was wearing a bunch of wolf pelts when he when he went out marching trying to trying to find Jaw. Um, well, it turns out uh, they they are pelts that he acquired over the years uh, from other winter wolves, and he was actually sort of looking for um, another winter wolf pelt, which we kind of have now because we killed that. What? Well, you you killed that one, and um, 
according to him, uh, that could be turned into some pretty cool, um, pretty cool armor. If you're interested, he seems to want you to have it. Uh, I, I can get someone cobbling it together for you while you're away. That would be great, Gerald. We do appreciate that in the delivery of the weapons. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm exhausted. But, um, I guess I'm okay. Uh, lost know, a lot of fellows in that one. You know, Gerald, there was quite a bit of fanfare for us when we were in the market. But I want you to know that your deeds don't go unnoticed by us. You've truly risen to your rank, maybe above and beyond. Thank you again for helping us. Thank you, Master Tulok. That's, uh, that's mighty kind of you. Just doing my job. And Tulok claps him on the back with a bit of a smile. Do we know what kind of armor it would make? Like, wolf pelt armor isn't particularly descriptive. Uh, no, it's, uh, no, you're, you have to wait. I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> okay. But we'll say if you come back uh, tomorrow, um, it'll be ready for you. Mm-hmm. As long as it has a nice big, like, wolf head cut piece on it, <laughs> it'll be all over that thing. Not even a wolf head hood. You just went straight to cod piece, eh? I <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, it weirdly always goes like that. I don't know why. All right, let's fucking do this, baby. I want to see Crockett yes. and Gilda fucking slay. <laughs> Stem that tad, baby. Uh, okay, so you're heading back to, uh, well, we'll go back to the um, level five. Um, how, where do you want to enter from the usual route, the route you took from, uh, I mean, it would take a little, little extra time to go around from the smuggler's cave, probably more time than you need to. No, we'll we'll go back and we'll just hit those teleportation circles all the way down. Yeah. We want to go, we want to be as fast as possible. So Jaffa Key's on level six. Yeah. You believe so. Okay. So we still have one area that we haven't searched here. But in the because of time, I believe that we should probably bypass that for now and maybe collect that after we've dealt with this. Yeah, that's the one that's by the that feral Velstrax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gilda would like the whip back at some point, so it makes sense that we check it out eventually. Yeah. Well. So for options. We can. We still haven't gone down to the floor of the fighting pit, and then also there's that big grand staircase that goes down in the entrance way. Yeah, then like that there's. Room. I believe we found two uh, stairwells. Yeah, there's one by the two poltergeists. Mm-hmm. And then or three was... stairwells. And uh, you've never, yeah, you've never actually explored this room. Uh, that was south of Shafkhams. You just like poked your head in and went, and then backed up. If I'm no, no, we went through that room. Yeah, because I put the teleportation circle on. Uh, no, because that's not one you activate. Oh, it's already active. But we found the stairwell there. Uh, no, because you did not explore this room. We did though. We went through all the side rooms and then we we spent some time in that room as well. 
So let's say we come out the teleportation circle to the south of the mummy. And then... I don't think that this closest stairwell is going to lead us to this guy. But it is the closest to, L, uh, to the teleportation circle. So I think we should go look down it. This one? Uh, yeah, dog. I think you think good. <laughs> okay, so you're going to that room that I didn't think you explored. Yeah. And you're going to head down that stairway. Okay, so we go down through the teleportation circles, as James said, and then we're going to pop out to the south of Mummy Man. And then I'm thinking we should go through the bladed areas. Um, yeah, now it's disarmed. Yeah. And then down that stairway in the southern blood room. Right. Just because okay. that's yeah. like the most like protected of all the stairway stairwells, I find. Okay. Uh, I think I can make that work. Let me just see here. Yeah. Okay. Boop a doop a doop. Uh, so you're going into where the tra- where the bladed traps were that completely destroyed um, <laughs> Garmin. And yeah, Krakow wipes some Carmen off his shoes on his way through. <laughs> oh God, it's brutal. Uh, and so, the, yeah, there was that southern room that you found like an alchemist lab and stuff in, I think. And um, uh, yeah, you head down the staircase there. One of the many maze fucking staircases in this goddamn dungeon. I'm sure the listeners are like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Not. Uh, but yeah, you head on down. And... As you do, you uh, find your find the stairway uh, opening to uh, fifteen by f- uh, fifteen room with a old table and chair just sitting there, and there is a hallway to the north and a hallway to the east. Uh, and you also notice that uh, the wall ahead of you is. Uh, it's a, it's similar to what you've seen um, in the poltergeist room in that it is transparent mm. but it is a wall you can tell it's a wall mm-hmm. Kreko would like to search this small room thoroughly and so as you step through so you, to the, the hallway to the east leads to a single door um, you can't see through and you can see the stairwell uh, you're sort of above this this room that's on the other side of the transparent wall um, that has like all these really old blood stains uh, on the floor you can't see it uh, you can see the stairwell that you uh, might have gone through in the, the big hall that was south of Shafkim would lead down to that room and uh, the whole room just seems to be filled with old dried blood. And as you step out, um, how far can you guys see? Let's, let's go. Sorry, I'm just going to move you a little bit so you can see how far you can see. Um, yeah. So this is this is like really hard to explain audio-wise here. We have this like really narrow hallway that leads up the north and it's on one side is all a transparent wall that then leads to like a circular alcove and the hallway veers left as well and continues to be like five foot wide and around and you can see because you can see through the the wall all this hallway up north you see that it loops around uh west and then north and there's like an observation sort of deck um you know and you can actually see a creature uh this like worm creature standing there looking over 
uh, into uh, this corner um, at something that you can't see. <laughs> Fuck, that was that. That made no sense. <laughs> I think we kind of get it. I, I mean, it, <laughs> we're ostensibly in an observation area, walled off an observation area of evil machinations, like lab shit going on. Is that the same kind of worm that we saw upstairs? Um, what kind of worm did you see upstairs? I don't think so. It was dead worm. I mean, the giant purple worm? Underneath oh, the, no. Uh, the... no. No, no. It looks like this. Ugh. Oh, it's got hands. It's, it's got... It doesn't have hands. It has, like, a tail that ends... It's, like, basically a long sort of centipede creature, but it's James large in size. And, um, yeah... <laughs> And uh, the uh, its tail ends in a couple of like sort of um, prehensile uh, limbs or tails uh, that are holding a couple things. It's got like five or six these green protruding eyes. This weird pro- proboscis mouth that like kind of um, prolapses out. It's it's real weird and it's real creepy. Yuck! It's also kind of transparent. Yeah, it does have a bit of a translucentness to it. Yeah. Um, and it looks wet in, in, in this yeah in, in the arm it's mm. it's pseudopods are holding what appears to be a crystal and a wand of knock if I'm if, if I, I mean it kind of looks like a wand of knock from the original there's the a art oh, okay <laughs> book in there too I think you, you can actually see a book as well yeah so it's got all these like centipede like legs and then it appears to be able to handle things with the end of its tail um, but with no actual arms. So you've wandered down. You are you are like a ways away from this creature via the hallways, and because sounds only traveling so far through these hallways, like you, you so far you seem to have gone unnoticed. This creature seems to be observing something in a corner that you can't quite see from your position. Um, but you know you are within its line of sights. You can just uh, discern that pretty quickly. What do you want to do? Tulak will avoid notice. <laughs> <laughs> This... Just like miming in the glass. <laughs> how, do avoid, how do you avoid notice? <laughs> don't you worry about it, dude. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That got me. That one really got this, me. This is this is what Tulak do. Is he avoid notice as best he can, um, bearing in mind that when you avoid notice, it's a stealth check. But you can also like choose to like take cover behind something. You know, via that and like actually take cover you know, behind the glass, put yourself out of line of sight or what have you. You can um, also just hide in darkness, FYI. Uh, true, but you yeah, it'd be pretty safe to assume feet of Gilbert, most, that's for sure. most things down here uh, can see. And yeah, Lady Gill is always lit up. So, <laughs> Krakka would like to thoroughly search this, this little landing area that we came into. Uh, sure. You uh, give it a little search around, and doesn't appear to be anything of value. It's just kind of old chair, old table, nothing else around. I mean, Tulak thinks we should get out of here because going north is just moving more into its sight, and there is a door on the east side of this platform, so he motions towards it and detects magic at it. Sorry, I I lied. Uh, I'll I'll cover that real quick, though, Tulak. Um, You do detect magic. Um, including, even though you you are definitely removing some of the um, magic uh, from your detection from the wall, because you know that's going to be magical. Yeah. Uh, but as you're detecting magic, you definitely detect it forward beyond, beyond that door. But Kraka, you actually do <coughs> discover a um, uh, a secret door. Hey. Oh. 
That thorough search is coming right in. Right there in the southwest corner. Nice. And he will open it. Yeah, there's like basically a masonry square in the floor that depresses like a button if you put a little extra pressure on it. And then it pops this door open. And it reveals to you one of your favorite things, Krukka. A five foot wide hallway. <laughs> uh, this Excellent. one, not 10 foot in length, uh, uh, but rather about 30 feet. And actually goes down some stairs. Uh, a little bit further ahead, and then you can see you can see there's another door at the other end that looks like it would be probably also another secret door, but it's obvious from this side. It's a it's a king size five foot wide hole. <laughs> Shall we go down it? Let's check it out. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah, we'll go barreling down. Go yeah, I have down? no bearing since we started in the center of the map for maybe the first time ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, okay, get me a marching order here. Well, what's happening? <coughs> Kruk is up front. I guess Gilda is in the back, uh, taking the defend action. It's a two-lock yeah, sandwich. Yeah, scouting. Two-lock sandwich, okay. So you get to the um, door and you pop it open. Uh, listen first. Yeah, we'll listen first. Uh, yep, you can hear a bit of motion on the other side. Hostile motion? Uh, yeah, just a, just a bit of motion. That's it. Okay. Well, let's continue making motion noises by opening the door. Uh, awesome. I love this. You crack the door open, and it reveals to you a long chamber that is rounded on both ends. To the north, there is a door, and to the south is a, another transparent, transparent stone wall that looks out over the arena floor. And a faint stink of wa- uh, a faint stink wafts uh, from um, an exit uh, from the uh, what was it say? Oh shit! Uh, faint stink wafts from an exit to the west wall in the we- in the west wall. That doesn't make any sense for what I'm looking at. Uh, (laughs) uh, But it doesn't really matter because uh, you uh, immediately see straight ahead of you a creature that looks like this. Oh, what? Kate. So we have the (laughs) iron spider. Uh, If Golem and the iron spider had a kid, it would be this. Yeah. And Krakka, you see one straight ahead of you. Uh, if anyone wants to try and describe that creature, uh, you also see one uh, moving a little bit to the uh, north, uh, just uh, around the corner of this doorway um, from where you're at. It looks like and... a green ghoul with like metal spikes coming out of its skin all over it that look almost like spider legs in the back, and also electricity shocking between them. I think it's a Morlock. Morlock. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like if a Morlock had one of those like parasites that takes over like an insect where it just kind of like bursts out of them and then makes them walk around kind of thing. It's like these big metallic spiky leg arm things, uh, like a monstrous Doc Ock thing that they can't grab anything and they're probably just going to slice you to death and they're like grafted into its body and it's like covered. Like its fingers are metal. And there's like metal bits sticking out of it all over the place. And it looks pretty fucked up. What was the name of that virus in X-Men? Um, Cyrus. 
the it, Cyrus it, it's, virus. It's the virus. It, it's the virus that Cable has. Uh, the 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 techno virus. Oh, it turns organic matter into um, into techno organic matter, like essentially a oh. cyborg. That's why Cable's arm Crazy. is metal. It's actually his arm. I am unfamiliar. I was infected with the techno techno virus. Uh, That's why he got sent into the future when he was born. Is because he contracted the techno virus. Um, so Gene okay. and Scott sent their kid into the future where there was a cure for it. Crazy. It's also a spell in Starfinder. Anyways, let's go. So, more importantly, I'm going to kill this <laughs> nice. thing. Um. Uh, yeah, let's roll some initiative, shall we? Because uh, this is about to be really hostile really quick. And I was I was scouting. Keep that in uh, mind. Sure. Whoever gets a plus one. What do you guys got? Uh, let's go with uh, Lady Yoda. 18. 18, okay. And two lock. 32. Jeez. Okay. Uh, what's your bonus? What's your total bonus? Fourteen. Uh, and you can Including roll me the a. Scout. You can roll me a, a D twenty, please. Four. Okay. Uh, and Krucka. At fourteen, he sees these things and is just like, "Fuck this." <laughs> Uh, all right, we are going to start a little combat. Uh, Krukka, you see uh, one of those worm-like centipede creatures slither out a little bit into your view this, at this point uh, from the southern side of the room. You can't quite see. And it just slithers around and turns its like weird head and eyes at you. And Uh-oh. a piece of stone just flips up into the air and flies in your direction. Uh, and it's going to be a 33 to hit. It hits. Jesus Christ. And you take 14 bludgeoning damage. That's reasonable. Tulak, you're up. Um, Tulak picks up the exact same piece of stone and sends it flying across the room at the creature in front of him. Okay. Uh, I'm too late to use my reaction on that, huh? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, he's pissed off about it. He's gonna rage. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, there's a 24 to hit. Uh, 24 hits. For 22 points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh, good hit. And then Tulak would like to do a recall knowledge on the... Uh, he can't see the worm, so the creature crossing him. Okay, I'll recall knowledge. Get, yep, that's going to be... Uh, you can do Arcana, Crafting, or Occultism on this one. It's a 34 Occultism. Oh, oh boy. Um, yep. That's a critical success. Tell uh, me everything. is what is known as a Dreshcan, and they are basically flesh warps of Morlocks. Ooh. Uh, because Morlocks are descended from distant human ancestors, clumsily or hastily flesh-warping a Morlock produces uh, uh, a Grothlut. Um, however, a skilled flesh-warper ho- uh, can tease out a Morlock's genetic differences to make an entirely different creature, creating a Dreshcan, uh, which involves placing the Morlock's bones, replacing the Morlock's bones with a metal skeleton. The new skeleton is often heavily augmented, uh, such as with spider-like limbs protruding from the spine or magazines of tiny, deadly needles. Arcane electricity courses through the dress can thereafter, making it jumpy and irritable. 
Morlock view Dreshkans as impressive fusions of flesh and technology and gladly fight alongside the creatures whom they view as paragons of Morlock potential. Um, they're immune to electricity. and give you that. Uh, and they can shoot needles at you. Um, and if you critically fail uh, on a melee strike, they can uh, react accordingly as well and attack you. Um, and uh, they've retained their swarming stance that Morlocks have, so they can they can uh, get into each other's space and, and get a bonus to attacks. Uh, probably the most important thing, though, is they get a bonus to a bunch of saves like bleed, death effects, disease, doom, fatigue, paralyzed, poison, and sickened. But they also have a light blindness. So if they're exposed to bright light, um, it will blind them. Yeah, we still don't have that. I mean, you do. You both, Tulak and Lady Gilda both have light cast on them. So within a certain range, it will blind them. What? I thought yeah. that, I thought we made the distinction that wasn't bright light. Uh, let's see what the spell says. Or is it different than sunlight? That's what you're thinking of. Yeah. So bright, bright light's a 20 foot radius. Uh, or a light makes a bright light in 20 foot and then dim light for another 20 feet. So it extends it at 40 feet. So regular Morlocks need sunlight, but these guys need bright light? So you're thinking of uh, something called sunlight sensitivity, which uh, is okay. different. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Uh, but technically, you are uh, within 20 feet, but Kreka is blocking the way uh, for direct bright light. All right. He makes a better door than a window. <laughs> Tulak tells him all this. Hey, still your turn, Tulak. <laughs> no, sir. Is it I'm not? Done. Nope. Oh, you can't. Oh, you. Oh, I forgot you threw the thing. Yeah, baby. My bad. Okay, that brings us to Northern Dreshcan, which is going to step forward and just lunge at Krukka with incredible irritation. Um, and we're going to go for one of these weird claw attacks. That's going to be a 21 to hit. Yeah, it does not. And following up with a 23 to hit. Does not. That's Amazing. a miss-miss. Okay. And then the uh, the one that was straight ahead is going to step... Uh, is actually going to launch a needle uh, through its ally. So you're going to get lesser cover for this Krukka. Um... And that's going to be 17 to hit, so that misses. Mm -mm. Uh, and then it is going to lunge forward and join its ally in the swarming stance and then try to slash at you uh, with a 22 to hit. Oh, I'm rolling terrible. Or I'm just really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that brings us to Lady Gilda, who's not in a great position for the situation. <laughs> nope, she'll delay. Nice. She's going to delay. Oh. Rucka, what do you got? Ring of the Ram, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fucking no. love the 22 fortitude save, please. Uh, um, remind me, is this this isn't like a Conal thing, it's a single target, right? Um, um, into one foe you see within 60 feet, yeah. So uh, I'm going to roll to see which one you hit. Because they're in the storming stance, we've done this before. Okay. Uh, and you need a fortitude? Yeah, DC 22. Uh, yeah. So, do I have to say before or after they fail how many actions I use to, to do it? Or do uh, you gotta, yeah, you gotta that? decide right now, right away. Okay. Um, as you do uh, it. Two, two action. Two action? Two okay. action force ring. 
Uh, and uh, you did 22 forge you save. Uh, that is, uh, I rolled a 24. So a success, you take half damage and you'll get pushed half the distance. Uh, so I got 15 damage, so you'll take seven of wit, seven damage, yep. and you'll move. Uh, five feet backwards. Okay, five feet. So you hit the one that was struck by the telekinetic projectile and push it back five feet. Uh, wow, I wish I could get out of here. You can. You just have to use a tumble through action. Yeah, he'll tumble through. Uh, try to tumble through to the north. So that's an ac- acrobatics against the reflex to see in the future. Hero points. Because that was a natty one. <laughs> that's a good call. Nat 20. Oh my oh, god! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> We've had a couple of those recently. Uh, amazing. All right, uh, six. So there's no critical success for this, uh, but yeah, you succeed and you can move through the enemy space, uh, treating it as difficult terrain. Okay, so that's. I'm just gonna go uh, to the north of that enemy. Okay. Uh, awesome. That's you. Back at the top of the round, uh, you can now see this. Uh, worm creature standing there uh, which is going to let's see what is it going to do oh actually yeah I think I no okay um, I think it's going to just going to cast another telekinetic projectile on you I think uh, 32 to hit that hits that's going to be uh, 17 bludgeoning damage Mm-hmm. And then it's just going to, like, step to the side and kind of shift around, staying to the south of this room. Tulak, what do you got? Tulak is going to rouse skeletons. Uh, oh, okay. So this is a... We, we discussed this off-air a bit. This is a, a burst. Yes. Uh, so you have to aim it somewhere 60 feet within your ra- your eye line, your line of sight, yep. and you, can pu- you have to place it on the corner of a square. Yes. So Tulak is going to step forward... Thus, looking into the room, and can you put it as low south into the room that it can envelop? Yeah, and just maybe. Yeah, just so it's it'll be southern. the southwest corner of the the dresh can that's in the middle of the room that, that was pushed back, and it will and it will basically manage to hit both dresh cans and the worm creature and avoid Krukka. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so I will need a reflex save from everybody. Everybody? Okay. Uh, can number one, 29. can number two, 17. Fail. Uh, worm creature, 34. Okay. Um, four, eight, and four. Uh, okay. And sorry, Gilda, I know I'm right where you want to be, but... Yeah, you really, really hooped me here. <laughs> uh, it I guess it's important to know um, what happens. Can you actually, it's, it's, Freeman, can I, you know what? I didn't need to step forward there because I was thinking I was going to have to put it lower in the room. Can I recant that? Yeah, it's fine. If you still line of sight from where you were, then that's fine. Yeah, still line of sight. So like this, as soon as you cast it, it immediately uh, grasps at creatures in the room. But on subsequent rounds, the first time you sustain the spell, it'll it'll you can you can move it, and it will do it again. But otherwise, Lady Gilda is actually safe to just travel through it. She just doesn't want to stand in it. Yeah, as far as I can I'm, tell, it's all good. I just want to tumble deals. through, and it's yeah. not still has to tumble through her for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just do that. I step back, or I don't move. Cast that, and then I cast guidance on Lady Gilda. 
Okay. No, actually, cool. I'm going to cast it on Krekka because he's in more danger right now. You need line of sight on that? That's what I was just wondering, but... I just give it to Gilda then. Yeah, I just give it to Gilda. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> that. <the> <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't take instructions well. Uh, Lady Gilda, you gonna you gonna intervene finally, or? Yeah, she will jump into the initiative order now that that space okay. in front of Tulak is freed. So she will first action s- raise that shield. Okay. Uh, second action, she will stride past Tulak. And third action, she will punch at this trash can. Okay. That's a 28 to hit. Uh, yep, that hits. 10 points of bludgeoning and 6 points of positive if it's undead. It is not. So, I mean, 10 blood. I feel like it is. It's not. <laughs> Fine. Uh, it's, uh, it's an aberration and a construct. Uh, oh, construct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, bludgeoning was probably the right way to go. Uh, yeah, generally speaking, yeah, it's, a, it's a good strategy. Um, Dresh can, the one you just hit, is going to... Let's see here. Uh, it's going to... It's going to return in kind, I think. Um, it's going to attack at you with a claw. 18 to hit. That's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, and then it's going she to step backwards into its friend's square and launch a needle at you with a plus one. Uh, oh, it's a 24 hit. <laughs> it's never going to happen. God damn it. <laughs> I I really hope those are like middling rolls for you. <laughs> and then uh, the next, the other Josh Ken's turn is up and it is going to uh, spend three actions doing a but, sweet, sorry, sweet... It, it stepped backwards? Stepped backwards, yes. Okay. Uh, and it, this creature is going to uh gonna shoot a cone of of needles like a needle spray is the ability uh so it's gonna miss crucker but it's gonna go straight through lady gilda and tulak down the hallway uh it's a 30 foot cone and i need a basic reflex save from both of you please does tulak have any cover or pluses from being behind me and my shield uh he has lesser cover but that's only applicable for your ac um, yeah, it's only C. So if he, arguably he could take an action to hide behind you better and, and get the bonus, but he didn't. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, not going to affect here. Tulak, what do you get? Natty two for a 15. Mm, brutal. And Lady Gilda? 19 for a 29. Oh. So she's, she sidesteps it and it all just goes into Tulak. Yeah. She shouldn't uh, have been quite literally up. critical success on your end. You don't take any damage. <laughs> it's, a, it's either size, size up most of it or a lot of it hit your shield. Freeman looks way too happy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Tulak, you are going to take uh, not much. Actually, you're going to take um, a total of nine damage. Uh, some of which is electricity damage. Just these things like zap you when they when they hit your body. I'll use my retributive strike to make it one damage. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. Uh, <laughs> Gilda's the goat. <laughs> like you jump in the way, you're like, oh shit, divine power, block that. Oh god, <laughs> I've exposed some <laughs> damage. <laughs> uh Krukka, you're up. <laughs> uh Krukka will swing with his butchering axe at this swarm of 
Oh, actually, sorry, Kraka, uh, before you do, I need you to roll me um, a sweet, sweet will save. How sweet it is to have a 26. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> Why do we even bother? Yeah, what'd, what'd you hit me with? Uh, 31. 31, okay, let me determine which one you're hitting uh, in this swarming stance. Okay, um, roll some damage for me, please. Uh, with a, Actually, yeah. that's going to be a crit, so... Roll me some crit damage. <laughs> oh, let's see oh, how God. this works oh, today. No. Get him. Struck- Get him. Oh, no. Oh, 50 damage, 16 ah, of which are fire. Oh, my no God. Jesus Christ. Fucking right. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Is he still alive? Just smash into this fucking creature. Holy shit. I feel like every time you hit a creature, it's the most damage we've ever seen on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Bonkers! It is bonkers. Uh, okay, uh, it's still up. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, okay, uh, he's gonna swing up. with a map minus with a map minus five. Okay. Um. Ooh, sixteen. That's, That's a miss. Okay, third action. He's going to uh, shove one of the two to. Uh, well, he'll free action change his grip on the butchering axe and then shove to get them out of the swarm. Uh, okay. Good call. Uh, shove. That still takes a map penalty, by the way. So it's uh, map minus takes. 10. So, gee, shit, 19. 19, and that is against uh, my shove, I think it's 4 to 2 DC. Um, 19 versus 4 to 2 DC. Uh, that is just barely a miss. <laughs> oh, by <Ooh>. one. <laughs> good, good effort, though. Uh, that's you? That's me. Okay. And, uh, the worm creature is going to throw another stone at you, Krukka, with its telekinetic projectile. 35 to hit. That's a crit. That's a crit. Uh, okay, you are gonna take, um, 28 damage. Okay. And then you see, like, as this hits you, and you catch in your eye that these... Uh, this uh, this creature has like a sword in one of its tail tendrils and it just brings the sword up to its mouth a long sword and just like starts drooling all over the sword oh boy and Tulak you're up Tulak is going to cast telekinetic projectile at the Dreshkan yeah Flinging a stone for a natural one for 16. Brutal. The worm seems much better at that. And then he <laughs> is going to hide behind Lady Gilda. Cool. Takes an action to hide. Which, by the way, I, I quickly said that. I quickly said that. Scott, I don't think it's true. I think you might have to be a smaller size to make that actually happen to hide behind another creature. Well, she Okay. I was thinking about it in, in general, but I, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure that's the case, unless uh, Lady Yilda actually had a tower shield, which she doesn't anymore. And my last action, I will sustain and move my creepy crawlies uh, to the south. Okay. I mean, you can keep it the same. You don't have to move it. Just just throwing it out there. But um, Raw, it seems like you have to move it. But this is On subsequent can... rounds, the first time you sustain a spell each round, you can move the area. Not you must move the area. But it's up to you. Inter- okay, cool. Well, I'm fine with that. Just want to keep where it's at? Yeah, I'll keep where it's at, and then I need reflex saves. Okay. 
that's gonna be uh, 23, a 25, and a 22. Uh, okay, so the 23 is three points of damage. The 25 is a meet to beat, so one point of damage, and then the other one is a three as well. Okay, three one three. Beautiful. Okay, now it is Lady Kilda. Okay. Uh, Scott, for the record, the action you were looking for is take cover, not hide. And you, you should be able to take cover behind me. Oh, really? There's no size restriction. Yeah, you just use better advantage of cover. So theoretically, you could just press yourself against a wall or duck. Cool. Which would give you a plus four to AC and reflex saves. Oh, cool. Sick. That's awesome. Plus four now. Not the sort of thing we've done much. Okay, Gilda, first action, she will step up to the whirling death machine of, uh, I think I dress can. <laughs> Second action, she will attempt a trip. Um, I don't know on which one. She's just going to stick her, yeah, stick her I'm leg gonna out. Roll, I'm going to roll for which one, yeah. That is a 22. Versus reflex CC, that's a fail, I'm afraid. Okay. Then she will just strike out with a map minus four. That is a 25 to hit. That hits. That will be 14 points of bludgeoning. Uh, you killed the one that just took a big hit from Krukka. Excellent. Well, she knocks it out. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, you knock it out. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Non lethal. <laughs> Wubblam to the face. Uh, all right, that's you. That's all three. Okay. Uh, and the remaining Dreshkan is going to have a turn now, and it is going to... Let's see here. What can it do? It's going to step back. Trek is going to follow with no escape. Oh, you bastards. <laughs> Love it. Trek is really coming nice. to his own. He's a beast. It steps back to, like, get a better angle on his eel spray, and the Krukka just gets out of that range again. <laughs> uh, but I also made a, a pretty crucial mistake there because I can't needle spray with uh, less than three actions. So um, it's going to, like, it's, like, getting ready to do it, and then it steps back, and Krukka's on its ass, and it just kind of, like, panics a bit and is going to... Uh, it's going to launch a claw at you, Krukka. Why not? 22 to hit. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, and it he follows up menacingly with another attack and totally misses Krukka. <laughs> what do you do? Um, yeah, so Krukka will change his grip on the butchering axe in preparation to butcher. Mm -hmm. 35 to hit. Yeah, that's a crit. <laughs> 60 damage. <laughs> Come on. Holy shit. 16 of butcher fire. Uh, describe your kill. <laughs> uh, he's kind of surprised at this one, and it just, uh, yeah, he, it goes up. It, like, an axe kind of, like, gets caught in the metal spikes on his back as it's dead. He's like, oh, well, neat. <laughs> that one was looking kind of okay. <laughs> you just fucked it up. <laughs> and uh, third action, I'd like to recall knowledge on the worm. Okay. What was your first action? Oh, the switch in the grips, yeah. Uh, that's going to be an occultism you like i don't uh yeah you don't have a goddamn clue yeah it's ugly <laughs> top of the order 
And this worm creature is going to swing this longsword with its tail with a 10-foot reach at Lady Gilda. And miss horribly. Uh, and then is going to cast Telekinetic Projectile again uh, at Krukka. Natural 20 with a 36. Oh, no. And 22 points of damage. 22? Yeah. Uh, I will use my reaction and reduce that by 8. Probably a good call here. Krukka's taking some hits. Tulak, what do you got? Uh, Tulak will not sustain... The okay. skellies dried into the room and to the north a little bit and will cast telekinetic projectile right back at this motherfucker. Uh, okay. He sends a stone hurling at it with a 33 to hit. That's a crit. Yeah, baby. <laughs> nice. 24 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Bad roll. Uh, okay, big hit. God, this thing just reels at that. And that brings us to Lady Gilda. Raise, step, punch. Back to her roots. <laughs> that is a critical fail. Uh, okay, that's, that's a miss. <laughs> uh, all right, Krukka, what do you got? Well, if he doesn't know what it is... I guess he's just going to have to run up and hit it with a stick. Okay. Uh, so stride 20 feet southwest. Strike with the butchering axe for a 19. That sucks. That's a miss. Even with flanking. 18, even less of a good hit. And uh, he's just going to end his turn feeling somewhat inadequate after <laughs> the highs of the previous one. He's been very, very adequate so far. So, you know, can't win them all. Also, I don't think that's flanking. Uh, no, I, I was dull. I wasn't 100% sure, but I usually go by the rule of, like, if if you can connect one corner of your square to the corner of another square and it passes through a creature, then it counts as flanking. Uh, I believe in Pathfinder 2E it has to be on the opposite side. Uh, I mean, worth looking at, uh, regardless. Still a miss, even without. Um, this creature is going to swing its... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I fucked up again. Uh, again, again. Um, uh, I should have asked Lady Gilda to roll a will save on her turn. I just rolled it. You're good. Okay. I'm so bad with orders. They're so hard to remember. What what kind of will say or is it? It's not for fear, is it? Uh, it is. Uh, it's a mental enchantment. Okay, never mind. Uh, regardless, you saved. Uh, bang on, which makes you immune for one minute. The yeah, this creature is going to swing its long sword at Lady Gilda again. Okay. Um, actually, no, no, no. It's thought. Now that you've closed in, it's going to attempt to fight you. Uh, it lunges at you with its weird proboscis face. Uh, and it's a 28 hit. Nope. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. What a... it sounds insane. like a joke, but it's real. <laughs> it does sound like a joke, doesn't it? Um, and then it will... Um, uh, it's going to swing... I was going to attack, try to bite you again. No. Nope. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And uh, God damn it! <laughs> put your peep, put your this, teeth inside your mouth, this idiot. Is not good. <laughs> uh, and it's gonna swing it. Uh, it's gonna flail. Uh, let's be real uh, with its longsword against Krukka with its tail. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, too luck. What do you get? Uh, besides rolling me a will save because I, rem- I remembered this time. Twenty. Oh, you failed. <laughs> Yes. You're confused no. for one round. <laughs> no. Remember, com- remember confusion. <laughs> what a pain yep. in the ass. Uh, you are confused, which makes you flat-footed, and use all your distractions to uh, strike uh, or cast offensive cantrips. And we're gonna choose your target randomly. Beautiful. The how the tide turns, sort of, but not really. Let's stem it. Let's stem it. Uh, oh look at that! Uh, you were gonna, you're gonna attack the worm creature. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Focus up, Tulak. Twenty-four to hit. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Twenty points of bludgeoning damage. I assume it's telekinetic projectile. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll just call that your turn because this is a wash. Lady Gilda, what do you got? <laughs> Shield up. Punch. That's 22. Well, we should determine whether or not flanking counts here. Uh, it does. Well, I think it, I think it, well, I think it does. I sent the rules to AV General, like the actual, <laughs> actual photo. Yeah. A yeah, line between the center of your space and the center of the ally space must pass through opposite sides or opposite oh, corners. Oh, the center of the space. space. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think you count as flanking because it's a large creature. I think it yeah, counts. it's it's tough, but um, I also think it counts. Because, like, if you go from your bottom square to Krukka's right-hand side of the square, it counts. But if you go from your left to his top, his top it doesn't. Well, it's through the center, so. But yeah, if you go through the centers, it does cross. Oh, the center. Them. The center of the square. Okay, yeah. No, it's flanking. It hits. Which is great, because that's that's how Fandry does. Uh... <laughs> that's how Fandry do. That is 13 points of bludgeoning and 4 points of positive if it's undead. It's not. Okay. Uh, okay. She'll do it again. That's a twenty-five to hit. Yep, that hits. <laughs> that is twelve points of bludgeoning. Uh, describe your knocking out of this creature. <laughs> <laughs> it it just it like it tries to bite her, so she sticks her it's her shield sideways in its mouth to keep yeah. it open. It just hits the bottom of its jaw with two two quick uppercuts. And just knocks it the fuck out. <laughs> That's so good. You knock it the fuck out. Ugh, feels like that should have been a lot harder than it was. Uh, okay, hey, this is some bullshit. <laughs> Wait till next level, bud. Next level is gonna be brutal for you. Like this is tough, but next level I get a second ally, which is going to permanently be my shield ally. Now that we're at level six, I'm going to be reevaluating all of the encounters and their challenges. Uh, we'll explore that next time because we're going to call it here, friends. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. 
For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.